Welcome to Biblical Foundations, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Rowe, along with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Join us as we discuss issues in biblical scholarship for the church. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. I'm here with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Uh, Dr. Kostenberger, if you remember a little while ago, we had uh, Tom Schreiner on our podcast to talk about the handbook on Acts and Paul's letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we're continuing that conversation as you just published the second handbook in that series, the handbook on Hebrews through Revelation. Why don't you remind our listeners as to the purpose of the series and briefly survey the content of your book? Yes, Jimmy, thank you. Um, well, in this book, I cover nine New Testament books, or exactly one-third of the New Testament, uh, namely Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First, Second, and Third John, Jude, and Revelation. Well, I've taught all those books in, in various settings before. This is the first time uh, for publication uh, that I've had the opportunity to engage in a close reading of each of those books. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the format, and I hope the readers will as well. Essentially, uh, my assignment was to give a brief introduction to each book and then to discuss the book unit by unit. Uh, in this way, I track closely with the unfolding argument of a given writer and explain any features of the text that require special comment. So in essence, uh, these handbooks occupy position right around between a New Testament introduction on the one hand and a more technical commentary on the other, which strikes me as ideal for most Bible readers and students of Scripture. Yeah, that sounds very helpful. Um, I know Tom Schreiner's uh, book set a a high standard, and I think uh, your book actually uh, continues with that. I believe uh, Dr. Ben Galad is Mm -hmm. publishing the next volume. So it sounds like a very, very helpful tool for pastors and other students of Scripture. How do you envision people to use your book and the other handbooks in the series? Well, I I think the book would be especially helpful for those leading a Bible study or on any of those books. Um, For example, my daughter, who recently finished grad school, uh, took part in and then later led a Bible study on Hebrews and would at times ask me as she was preparing to lead the study about, uh, you know, a particular passage in Hebrews or, or theme and um, you know, Hebrews not the easiest book to interpret, uh, and you know that was before the book was actually published. And at the time, I was already working on it. I, I wish the book was already out because I I believe the book would have been great. And and of course, now that it's uh, out, will be I think very helpful in answering uh, questions uh, like the ones my my daughter had in preparing for uh, leading that Bible study because. Uh, yeah, I mean Hebrews. It's it's a very important book, but it's it, it, it has uh, it, it places certain demands on the interpreter, uh, and I think the format of the book uh, is 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 just perfect to help people keep track with with the logic um, of uh, of the author, how he basically builds plank upon plank on 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 why Jesus is is, uh, you know, the, the final and the definitive uh, mediator of a new covenant and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, the, the, the focus of these handbooks on, on a close reading 
of a book, uh, close tracking with the author's argument is perfect for studying an entire book from beginning to end. Now, another group of people that I think would really benefit from this kind of book uh, are life group teachers, or, you know, Sunday school teachers, leaders of small group Bible studies, or pastors preparing a sermon series on any of those books. I've heard a, uh, you know, a few pastors have already started using those, those handbooks, and they've really enjoyed that because they don't have to wade through as much technicalities mm-hmm. as with a more, uh, you know, a technical commentary. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they, they might want to, to to use a more technical commentary kind of in addition to the handbook. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I, I I believe that they'll find all that they need writing those handbooks. We obviously don't have time to cover all the books here. So why don't you just share a few highlights, perhaps? Um, which books did you enjoy covering the most and why? And perhaps what is the second book you really enjoyed writing on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and again, you know, writing it, I just kind of started with Hebrews and mm-hmm. and plowed through all the way to Revelation. And I, I honestly enjoyed writing in all these books. Um, so I, I don't have a clear favorite, but uh, probably my top two books uh, for the handbook were Hebrews and Revelation. <laughs> um, so that happens to be the first and the last book. Hebrews is probably the most thorough treatment of any of them, even though I tried to be fairly, you know, proportionate and even-handed, because what I found is that you really have to track very closely with the author's argument, as I mentioned, kind of step-by-step, as he is laying out uh, his case for the the superiority of Christ over various uh, Old Testament figures and and mediators of divine revelation. Uh, Of course, it's interesting that that Hebrews and Revelation happen to be the two longest books I've covered, uh, Revelation being the longest, uh, 22 chapters, and, and Hebrews the second longest. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, there's, as I mentioned, there's a lot there in those 13 chapters of Hebrews that, that require comment. You, you think of uh, Jesus' superiority over angels. You know, there's limited information about angels in in Scripture, but but— especially in chapters 1 and 2, the author uh, talks about angels quite a bit. Uh, fascinating and, and, and complex uh, argument. Also, Jesus' high, uh, eternal high priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, uh, who is this enigmatic priest king who's mentioned in the Old Testament only twice, once in, in uh, Genesis 14, part of the Abraham narrative, and and uh, the second time, intriguingly, in Psalm 110, mm-hmm. um, and of course, uh, all this culminates in, in the comparison between the Old and the New Covenant system. Uh, so while I, uh, as I mentioned, I, I think it takes some skill and hard work to fully grasp uh, the message of Hebrews, I believe this book has great relevance especially for people from a Jewish background um, and also a Roman Catholic background. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, certainly for Roman Catholics in particular, that's a book that's often neglected. And, and of course, there's other uh, points of relevance as well, just, you know, to, to, to showcase Jesus as being unrivaled when it comes to God revealing himself in these last days, you know, by way of a son. 
That sounds very helpful. Now let's uh, pick up on Revelation then. Sure. Uh, what did you enjoy particularly uh, when commenting on this book? Now Hebrews obviously is a challenge for some interpreters, but then Revelation is probably a whole new level of challenge. Absolutely. Um, well, in the past I've occasionally covered bits and pieces of Revelation or, you know, various publications on the Joanna material, which often would primarily focus on, on John's gospel, uh, such as when I was asked to write about the glory motif in John's writings more broadly. But, but this was my first opportunity to, get, to engage in a close reading of the entire book, kind of unit by unit. And I'm thinking of, again, my own uh, children in you know, high school and college and, and grad school and beyond. And, and I think that's exactly what they need if they, if they want to stand any chance to really understand what the book is all about, you know, to, to just kind of take them by the hand and just kind of walk them through uh, one section uh, at a time. Uh, you know, from a hermeneutical standpoint, of course, the book is very challenging. A lot of uh, questions are answered there. You know, so working through the book really reinforced my conviction that we need to look at the history, literature, and theology of a given book in proper balance to get the most out of it and to interpret it correctly. So in some ways, it's a little bit of a, of a segue from, from previous podcasts and hermeneutics. So in, 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 in the case of the apocalypse, uh, this involves first uh, for us to come to terms with the Roman background. Uh, very clearly, this is the, the backdrop. The book was written at the end of the first century uh, to a series of churches in the Roman province of Asia Minor, uh, modern-day Turkey for the most part. Um, and, uh, and there you have the backdrop of the Roman emperor cult that, that surfaces again and again in the book. Mm -hmm. So, uh, interpreting the book in light of that really opens up the book a great deal. Uh, for example, in interpreting the material on Babylon, which is a code word for Rome, uh, first Peter five thirteen would be an extra revelation, uh, instance of, of where Babylon is used to refer to Rome as, as kind of an oppressive foreign power, mm -hmm. uh, you know, oppressing God's people. Uh, maybe in the number 666, which uh, most likely refers to uh, Emperor Nero. Um, in terms of literature, I follow those who see the book as composed of four visions, uh, possibly making up one large vision, uh, visions that are marked in the text by references to John being in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting there is that those four visions are of, of, of unequal length. The first one is of the exalted Jesus, uh, who gives a message to each of the uh, seven churches, chapters 1 through 3. Uh, but then the second vision is by far the longest and extends from chapter 4 all the way to chapter 16. The heart of, of, of that second vision is God's judgment on the unbelieving world in form of seven seals, trumpets, and bowls, which I believe symbolize first the disclosure, then the formal announcement, trumpets, and then the actual execution of the judgment, the, the pouring out, uh, you know, symbolized by by the seven bowls. Uh, and then the last two visions are of the woman Babylon, briefly mentioned that, depicting Rome in all of its uh, moral corruption and uh, decadence. And uh, the fourth and final vision 
uh, is of the New Jerusalem uh, heaven or the final state. I think knowing this this literary structure is very helpful in uh, in following the plot line of the book, which at 22 chapters is rather long. Uh, and to make matters even more potentially confusing is at times interrupted by various interludes. Uh, now, finally, with regard to theology, we see God on the throne mm-hmm. and Jesus by his side as the Lamb of God who's depicted as the line of Judah and as the conquering hero of the book. So in this way, Revelation is the sequel to John's gospel, where Jesus is shown to die on the cross and to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And here in Revelation, we see him as the Word of God, uh, chapter 19, who returns triumphantly, the second coming, riding on a white horse at the climax of the book. And, uh, you know, where he establishes his reign on earth among his people. Now, I realize... Everyone knows there's aspects that are controversial in interpreting uh, the apocalypse, but uh, I think much can be learned by interpreting the book in its historical setting and with careful attention to the literary structure and theological message. In, in one word, uh, you know, or two maybe, the, the, the message of the book is God wins. So <laughs> I'm happy to report that my handbook on Hebrews through Revelation has a very happy ending. Well, Dr. Cosmo, we thank you for just giving us a, a preview of your handbook, and we look forward to uh, utilizing that and want to encourage uh, students of Scripture, pastors, churches uh, to make use of this uh, great new tool, um, this series called The Handbook uh, on Hebrews to Revelation, as well as uh, the other volumes as well. So thank you so much for your time. That's good. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. For more information, please visit the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern at cbs.mbts.edu. For further resources, please also visit biblicalfoundations.org. Please join us again next time at the Biblical Foundations podcast.